Welcome to the Book Talk Podcast, a Madera South production, where we have deep conversations about books with students, staff, and teachers. I'm your host, Jordan Maddox, the teacher librarian here at Madera South High School. Our guest today is Kevin Lappin, who teaches science here at Madera South High School. Please enjoy our conversation. Uh, so what's the first book you remember reading, Kevin? Um, honestly, I didn't read much as a little kid. You know, most people would think um, they uh, they would remember like some, you know, little uh, book. That, like, the first one I ever read, um, the, the only one that I remember reading was uh, I was extrinsically motivated by uh, wanting to become a million uh, word reader in middle school. And uh, one of the ways I could do that was to get AR points. And I found a series of books um, with a good amount of AR points, but they were relatively short and easy to read. And the first book that I read was was called Left Behind. It was a whole series of books, kind of apocalyptic about end times. And uh, that was the first one I ever remembered reading and going, oh, yeah, I remember this. This is fun. What, what is your take on AR points? Do you think that was good for your reading life? Um, <laughs> that's a great question. Uh, mixed. Because for me personally, I don't think it was. Because I approached reading from an extrinsic motivation standpoint. I wanted, um, you know, the reward of having my name up on a billboard, uh, having a good grade in the class. But I don't think it inspired a sense of like really wanting to read to enjoy what I was reading. Uh, not that it couldn't have, but for me personally, it just uh, wasn't, wasn't a good uh, motivator in that sense to, to get me to enjoy reading. You know, as educators, we often think about that exact subject, which is how do we get our kids to fall in love with something, but also having some kind of motivator that's extrinsic when they don't have that motivation. And it's a complicated story. But let's jump to your family. What role did reading play in your family's life? Yeah, so I grew up with two parents that were teachers, right? And so reading obviously was very important. Uh, They knew the importance of, you know, reading at grade level by, you know, a young age and all that kind of stuff. Um, So it was it was very much a positive environment. I just was a very active kid that didn't have really a lot of time to to dive in and, and really, uh, you know, go deep and spend a lot of time in reading. So uh, it was promoted. I remember as a, as a young kid, even before I could read, uh, my mom would, would read us stories together before bedtime, me and my older brother. It was, it was just a, a positive thing, although it wasn't always like, hey, go to your room and read right now for the mm-hmm. next, you know, 20 minutes or something like that. And so, you know, um, I come from a family of readers, and it was always something that was just expected that we would do, whether we were forced to or not was a different thing. So, yeah. When you became a teenager, how did books impact you? Yeah, so <laughs> I kind of have a different story than most readers in, in that regard. When I was a teenager, I actually did everything I could not to read. And, and I think a lot of that had to do with the extrinsic motivation that I had in middle school. But as I got into high school, I was kind of in some honors classes where we had to, to read. And so I think for me, it, it became a game of like, how well can I do on this test 
without actually reading what I'm supposed to read, without mm-hmm. actually doing the hard work and spending the time that it takes to really understand it. What can I get from my friends or what can I get from the spark notes? And so uh, reading, reading actually, um, at that age or at that time in my life was, was a negative. It was like, what can I do not to do this? Yeah. And it kind of became a game, I guess. Well, and I think that's the struggle too that you're identifying, which is how do you maintain a reading habit when you have all these external expectations on your life, um, particularly as some of our kids translate transition to college and they're going to have lots of homework and stuff. It becomes hard unless you really set aside that time. The next question is, um, as an adult, how have your reading habits evolved over time? <laughs> yeah. So as an adult, that's that's kind of where I came back to reading and, and really reading for enjoyment. After after high school, I, I think I hit the, the hard reality of college where there are things that you have to read if you're going to be successful in whatever program that you're doing. And it kind of changed from, okay, let's not read anything at all to hey, we're reading this this textbook because we have to, because mm-hmm. I got to pass this test or I got to get through this. And you also study things that you're a little more interested in. Mm-hmm. So when I got into my upper division classes in undergrad, it was like, hey, I, I'm actually interested in this subject that I'm taking. This is why I'm choosing to be here. And so reading, it was kind of like the gateway into reading for enjoyment versus mm-hmm. just only reading because I was forced to. Um, and so the the utilitarian in me kind of started slowly dying mm. and I kind of picked up a little slight bit of enjoyment as I as I went through but I still really wasn't doing it for pleasure at that point and it wasn't until a little bit after uh, graduating with my bachelor's that I got really kind of interested in business and I didn't study that in college and so what was the best way to learn well read as much as you could about it and mm-hmm. so I started reading for enjoyment a lot of nonfiction books about business and how businesses work and entrepreneurship and it really kind of I don't know what what you'd call uh, gave you an itch that you just kind of needed to scratch and and it was like wow I can really I can read and I can learn things and I never had made that connection before in life. It was always read for a purpose or yeah. read, you know, because you're supposed to and it's the right thing to do or mm-hmm. you need to do it to, to, you know, get that goal that you want. Well, and it seems to contrast with your AR thing at the beginning, right? This mm-hmm. is an internal motivation. You're seeking to understand something about the world and the best way to do that is through books. And so having that initial drive and I think a lot of our students maybe don't know what that is yet that they're really interested in and want to dive deep into in books. And I think when they find that, I think they'll fall in love with reading just oh, like you did. Absolutely. Yeah. So as, as someone with a family, uh, works full time, how do you find time to read in your busy days? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you, when you get married and have kids, life changes in many ways, right? But uh, you know, the, the reading sticks with you. I, I, as you said earlier, you know, kind of building those habits is really, really, really important. And if before you get really busy, you've kind of built at least some, some positive habits towards reading. When the busy days come, you'll be able to kind of fall back on those habits that you've kind of built up and, and created over a period of time. I would say to that question, I don't always find time to read on my busy days, but 
it, it has to be an intentional approach. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm, I'm currently in a master's program, and I have to read, uh, whether I want to or not, about 75 to 150 pages per week for all my coursework. Um, and that's just the reading portion on top of lectures and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, if I don't read this stuff, I'm going to be in trouble. I'm going to be behind. I'm not going to be able to do my assignments. And so I'm forced to, but I'm also reading things that I'm really enjoying and I'm Mm. really learning a lot from. And so sometimes it's as little as just making a decision. All right, today I'm going to lose an hour of sleep. Once the kids are in bed, once the the wife's in bed, I'm going to stay up and I'm just going to have some quiet time and I'm going to get through some of this here. And I'm going to enjoy it in the process, but I also have to do this. And kind of like chunking it throughout the week to where I spend a little time here. Uh, tomorrow I might spend a few minutes there uh, on the weekend when I have significantly more time maybe I'm going to spend significantly more time getting through the reading it just makes it uh, a process where you say hey I've got to do this but I also want to do this and I'm going to find just a little bit of time and be disciplined mm-hmm. and I think overall too that makes you like a better human being because you're you're learning to sacrifice like well maybe I want to go to sleep right now or maybe I want to watch TV right now or something like that but ultimately when I read my brain is doing something different and it's it's doing something that's not necessarily easy it's hard most mm-hmm. of the time but I'm going to do it anyway. It's going to make me better. Yeah. I think it's, it is hard when you're like yourself. I'm quite busy in my days. And so I try to think about how I can kind of align reading with the rhythm of the day. And so for me, I've got a a puppy right now who's very energetic and has to be walked. So the first thing I do in the mornings is I walk him for about half an hour just around the block and I plug in my headphones and listen to an audio book. And so I think there's lots of ways where we can kind of fit reading in uh sometimes it just involves being creative and intentional like you were describing yeah absolutely so let's close by talking about uh three books uh you either read recently or have enjoyed for a long time that you'd recommend (laughs) yeah i'll stick a little more recently because over the years it's kind of built up and there's so many that i could kind of point to and say oh these are the best but three books recently um currently in in my master's program right now I'm reading this book for one of my classes called Unbelievable, and it talks about the the seven myths throughout history um, that that perpetrate the warfare um, theory between science and religion. And so it's really cool. Uh, Dr. Michael Keyes, who is the author of the book, kind of lays out this this um, series of like what the myths are and and histor- and a historical look of like how those myths kind of were created and, and kind of expanded on over the years. And it's fascinating to me because I really do enjoy history, even though I didn't really study it in a, <laughs> in a uh, formal sense. Um, it, I think it's really cool to kind of look at the history and it, it, it kind of mixes with science and religion, which are two of my big passions. Another one, which I think is cool, a little more on the psychology side, is called The Birth Order Book by, by Dr. Kevin Lehman. Uses some research that uh, was started in the uh, 1940s and 50s by Alfred Adler and expands on that. Um, talks about how uh, based on your birth order in, in the family unit, kind of what traits and characteristics or I guess tendencies you might have. Really cool to explain what we see in our daily lives with social interactions. 
you know, with friends, colleagues, family members and things like that really helps you to kind of understand yourself and, and, hey, why did I make that decision or that decision? Maybe it has something to do with some empirical evidence that that uh, is laid out in that book. And then those are those are not obviously nonfiction, but uh, I also like fiction as well. And C.S. Lewis is, uh, I don't know, that in my opinion, maybe one of the gold standards for, for mid-century literature. But The Screwtape Letters uh, is <laughs> one book that I really, really, really enjoyed. Um, not only does it uh, take the viewpoint of, uh, how do I best put this, uh, the, the supernatural, uh, but it talks about these these uh, ideas that people struggle with on a daily basis. There's a lot of practical application that you can take away from the book, but it's also just fun to read. The language is a little bit old school and hard to understand at times, but if you really have an intentional approach as you're reading it, like it is just something that I've I've read and I'm like wow this is cool I, I want to go reread that because I'm sure I missed something that was a value in there and so anyways yeah those are just three things and if I could add a bonus I I read this a long time ago but I also reread it regularly not the book as a whole but that's the Bible and I would say if if you could read one book ever uh, in its entirety but also study that would be the Bible um, for me so yeah thanks for doing this with us kevin appreciate it yeah yeah thanks for having me i really appreciate it thanks for listening everybody this has been a madera south production of book stories a podcast about books see you next time